0: Welcome back to the MicroConf Podcast. I'm Rob Walling, and this week is a MicroConf Tactics episode where we look at the number one reason startups fail to help you avoid this mistake. And I actually think I throw in more than one reason. I think I have two or three in this episode. This is audio taken from YouTube videos on our channel. If you haven't seen our YouTube videos, we are putting a lot of time and resources into them. And our subscriber base on there is growing very quickly. microconf.com slash YouTube, if you haven't checked it out, or you want to see this video that accompanies the audio you're about to hear and includes many animations and accompanying visuals to help you retain and understand and absorb the material better. Before we dive into that, if you want to get a head start on your 2023 goals, join us for the MicroConf Accountability Challenge. The difference between crushing your goals and falling short often lies in the tiny habits and wins along the way, and sticking with those habits can be tough while you're working solo. So we're running our second annual January Accountability Challenge inside MicroConf Connect. You can head to microconf.com slash accountability dash challenge. That's microconf.com slash accountability dash challenge to sign up and get your 2023 off to an amazing start. Hope you enjoy this one. Let's dive right in. In this video, I cover the number one reason startups fail so you won't make the same mistake. And if you stick around until the end, I'll also tell you the number two reason most startups fail. I'm Rob Walling. I'm a startup founder with multiple exits, author of three books on building startups, and an investor in more than 100 companies. I'm gonna start with the big reveal. I won't beat around the bush. The number one reason that I see most startups failing is they don't build something people want, and are willing to pay for. Because it's not easy to do. It's a lot harder than it sounds. And if we break that sentence down to its components, we have building something people want and building something people are willing to pay for. And those are two separate things. So let's dive into the first one. Even building something that people want to use or that they care about or that they don't ignore in this age of new products. And I'm gonna stick to SaaS and software products. New software coming out every day. How many do we see launching on Product Hunt or Hacker News or Reddit? It's not as easy as it sounds. Let's say that you do. Let's say that you scratch your own itch, so you know at least one person wants it, you build something at least one person wants, or you validate that others want it, you have conversations in advance so you know that more than one person wants it, it's possible to build something that they want and that they'll use, but they just really aren't willing to pay for. A big mistake that many makers make, like people who are trying to get startups and SaaS companies off the ground, is that they make big assumptions about what the world needs, and they don't start from a problem. They start with just an idea. And it's an idea they might pull out of thin air or an idea they think the world needs. And oftentimes, like more often than not, the world actually doesn't care. If you don't solve a problem and specifically solve a problem for businesses, that's really what this channel focuses on, then the odds of you building a successful SaaS startup are very, very low. In that case, you're gonna have to rely so much more on luck than a repeatable process. But let's say you do build something people will use, but they're not willing to pay for it. You know, think of all the free tools that you see where they have tried to monetize, but instead they use AdSense, or they have a tip jar that, you know, brings in $10 a month. Imagine like when you go to Google, convert an image to a PDF, or convert a WAV file to an MP3, or submit my podcast to these three or five directories. These are things that people want to get done, but they're not willing to pay even a few dollars because they know that they can go to another website or they can use an existing tool they have, or they can just click on the three places and submit them by hand. And people are notoriously, relatively cheap when it comes to these types of things. So it's not even easy to build something people want, and it's even harder to build something that people will pay for. But let's really focus on something businesses people will pay for, because if you want to build for people, meaning consumers, I'll just say you're in the wrong channel. Like consumers are cheap, they churn fast. You need basically zero cost marketing to work with them because your price points have to be the $6, $10 a month. You know, think of Netflix and HBO and Spotify. And if you wanna go start Netflix or Spotify, you can go do that. You're probably gonna have to raise buckets of funding like they did. And this video and this channel are not focused on that. We are focused on B2B. We're focused on building software for businesses because businesses are willing to pay more and bootstrapping or mostly bootstrapping a SaaS app that focuses on businesses is so much easier and more repeatable than trying to build a business that focuses on consumers. And so if you are trying to build something businesses want and are willing to pay for, number one, solve a problem, right? You want to save them time, you want to make them money, or you want to save them money. We could go into a whole video explanation about the differences between those and which I think are the best and rank them in order and this and that. It's not the scope of this video, but realize that solving a problem and starting with a problem that a business has and hopefully realizes they have, and hopefully it's such a strong problem that they have tried to search for a solution, but there isn't a good one out there or the solution are too expensive or they're too complicated or they just aren't a good fit for this niche. And so you start with that problem and then you build out from there. And you might be wondering why is it so easy to fall into this trap of not building something that businesses want and are willing to pay for? And the reason is, is because most people who build startups are either developers or product people or designers. And so they love to build, right? We love to build. I was a developer for years and it's easy and it's not scary and it's not risky to stay in your comfort zone and to do what we do, which is build. But it's hard and it's not fun, but it reduces risk to talk to customers, right? To validate your idea to maybe use human automation, as I talked about in my first book, Start Small, Stay Small, where you can build an MVP with a few virtual assistants behind it and almost no software in place. Or you can build using no code, or you can build a really stripped down MVP that maybe you're not proud of as a builder, but at least it validates assumptions because that's what you're trying to do in these early days. You're trying not to spend months building in your basement, burning through your savings or burning through your spouse or significant other's trust as you build something that then is a huge flop. want to avoid the possibility of building something no one cares about and no one is willing to pay for, then you should think about doing the, the hard, not fun things, but the things that reduce the risk of building something no one cares about. And I get it, it's not the awesome feeling you get out of shipping code or building a scalable software product, building a full-blown SaaS app. It actually is kind of fun for the you know, nerdy people like me who love shipping software, but in many cases, especially for first-time entrepreneurs, the path of working on the things that maybe aren't as interesting, but that de-risk the idea and the company is a much better path. So now just a couple tips on how not to make this mistake, how not to fall into the trap of building something no one cares about. First thing is start with a problem. As I already said earlier, you start with a problem a business has and you build out from there. You try to come up with a solution that maybe you can present to whoever you're trying to solve it for and figure out, does this solution make sense? Then later you go build software. You don't start with the software. Number two, don't try to be too clever. So many successful SaaS companies are really just a simple twist on an existing product or a refresh of an older, clunkier competitor. There are a lot of CRM systems, and yet you could still today build a CRM system that would get traction. There are a lot of email service providers, but I know that today, just like I did back in 2012 to 2016, you could build an ESP that would compete with the others. It doesn't have to be something incredibly novel. Now, you do have to think about Am I gonna be positioned differently? Do I have some type of advantage that I can use? Uh, Because you can't have a commodity software. You can't just replicate stuff on the market and expect to get traction. But oftentimes it's just a simple little twist on existing solutions that already exist in the space. Think about it this way. A lot of businesses are using Excel or Google Sheets to solve problems. And so your solution doesn't have to be some groundbreaking piece of technology. It can just be a step up from that Excel spreadsheet. I like to say, wherever there's an Excel spreadsheet, there's an opportunity a B2B SaaS business. And lastly, I said this before, but try to avoid working on the easy things that are in your comfort zone. If you're a designer, you're gonna to wanna to redesign your homepage over and over. If you're a developer, you're gonna to wanna to build more features. Really the hard things are talking to customers, trying to validate or invalidate assumptions, maybe grinding on marketing and spending time making sure that the problem that you are trying to solve is a problem that exists in the market. And it's a market that you could potentially compete in by having some twist on the current solutions. In just a second, I'm gonna tell you the number two reasons I see startups failing. But before I do that, if you enjoy this channel and this type of video, you should check out my podcast called Startups for the Rest of Us. It's available in any places that greater podcasts are served. And I've been doing that for 12 years now. We're up north of 600 episodes. And I talk about this kind of stuff, entrepreneurship, starting B2B SaaS companies, growing them. And whether it's a solo episode, I'm answering listener questions, or having an interview with a successful founder, this is content that resonates with a lot of people. Tens of thousands of folks listen to these episodes. And if you like this channel, I'd encourage you go check out Startups for the Rest of Us. So the number two reason I see a lot of startups failing is even if they build something people want and something that businesses are willing to pay for, they expect that a good product will sell itself. And they cite examples like, Apple computers or the viral game or the viral piece of software that they read about on Hacker News or a friend of a friend built and it just took off, this is almost never the case. Successful products that become successful companies pretty much always require some level of marketing and sales and just working with customers to get them on board, building it and expecting them to come almost never happens. But the problem is, is as makers, we focus on those cases because we want the world to be that way. We want the best product to win. In almost all cases, the best product does not win. It's usually the best marketing and the best sales. So I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, I'd love it if you'd hit the like button, post a comment below if you have questions, and of course, subscribe to the channel. We have videos like this coming out every week, and I look forward to talking to you in the next video.